Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Motivated Author Podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Mitchell, and I'm a seven-figure New York Times best-selling author. But it hasn't always been this way. There was a time when I put my manuscript in a drawer for a whole year because I was convinced I wasn't good enough to write. Fast forward a few years and now I'm writing full-time and living a life I love. Now, my goal is to empower established and aspiring authors to create, believe and succeed with their writing. So stay tuned. And today I'll be giving you a behind the scenes tour of my author life. Now, I can only talk for myself, but when I was starting out as a writer, I was very curious about how it all worked. So I'll share that aspect of it with you today, as well as my recommended author tools and the things I just can't do without. Now, this week has been incredibly busy, but I'll start with my typical day. I'm a digitally first published author, which means that while my books are available in paperback, sometimes hardback and always in audiobook, my publishers concentrate their marketing efforts on the ebook market first or the Kindle market, which suits me just fine. I publish around two books a year to please the Amazon algorithm gods, <laughs> which is why I always tell new authors to enjoy the luxury of writing their first book, as it could be the only one they'll ever write without a deadline. Now, I need deadlines, otherwise the procrastination fairy just comes creeping on in. And this is a snapshot of my life, so you can see where I'm at. But there's lots of different variations when it comes to being an author. The first thing I do in the morning is bring out my dogs for a walk. I usually get up around seven, half seven at the latest. And my dogs, of course, need to get out. So Jack is an elderly miniature poodle with lots of bounce in him. And Victor is a French bulldog. Now, if you've ever heard of the comedy Still Game, then you'll know where they got their names. I'm very lucky to live next to a gorgeous woodlands. And it's lovely to watch the trees change colour throughout the year. The first walk is a very short one, mind, because I'm usually desperate for a coffee by then. I treat myself to a dulcy gusto from my machine and have a healthy breakfast, usually some shreddies or something like that. And then I'll feed the dogs, get online and check my emails and social media notifications when I'm all dressed and ready. This is when I check my online calendar and see what's coming up, as well as making notes in my diary about what outstanding tasks that I have to do. I'll divide them into two sections, home and work. Usually when I'm on a tight deadline, things like housework, oh my gosh, they do pile up. The tighter the deadline, the messier my house. But then when I hand my manuscript in and the pressure eases, that's when I get to cleaning the house and catching up with everything else. So back to my diary, where I'll carry over the things that I may not have got done the day before. I'll check my online word counts and see where I stand book-wise. I use Pacemaker, which is a great tool for keeping track online. But Scrivener uh, is a writing tool and that has a word count tool too. Or you could just do it the old-fashioned way and use a calculator and a journal or a diary. Now, don't ask me to start working out word counts in my head. I might be good at letters, but numbers are not my friend. So after working out what I have for the day and week ahead, I'll have a look at my socials and see how my posts are doing. I recently did quite well on TikTok with two posts, one which reached 100k views and another one which got 50k in just a couple of days. Now, I like experimenting with different kinds of posts, although the only thing about the TikTok platform is that you do have to post a lot very regularly, like two or three times a day if you can keep the momentum going. I haven't been on TikTok in ages and I've just returned to it with a bang. But 
I'm always kind of reluctant because I know how much time of my day it takes up just checking and, and wondering what I'm going to post next. So I am pleased with how it's doing, but I'm kind of wary as well because it's so easy to get lost down that rabbit hole once you go on there. I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, I mean, you name it, all the main platforms. And I have to say, Instagram is my favorite out of all of them, but it's also the hardest to get traction on. I've been on Instagram in a while, but I haven't been taking it seriously enough. And I didn't want to annoy my Facebook um, followers because that's mainly my book account where I talk about what I'm writing and on this side of things with a motivated author podcast, I'm really talking about the art of writing itself. And I am going to be launching my new writing course soon. And that's something I want to talk about. So I thought, well, I've not been hugely active on Instagram. So that's where I'll put all my course related stuff. But it's not as hard as you think, really, to go across all the platforms. You know, in the beginning, I would say to people, pick one. That's the good advice. Pick one and kind of be really consistent on it instead of spreading yourself too thin. But I use um, an app called Loomly. You can use it online or you can use the app. And I'm not advertising it. I'm not affiliated in any way. And same with Pacemaker. I'm not affiliated to that either. But I just like recommending what works for me. Sometimes on my site, you might see a couple of little affiliated things. But I will only ever recommend things I find of real value to myself. But I do like Loomly. And I will link to that. It's already linked on my site. If you go on to my author site and see the menu at the top and then go down to author tools, that's where you'll see my recommendations. And I'm adding to that all the time. Now, I've tried lots of social media apps. I mean, anything just to make life a little easier. But I do find Loomly is the best and it's much cheaper than Hootsuite, which I thought was quite expensive. I tried out, but I couldn't get my head around it. But with Loomly, L-O-O-M-L-Y, it's um, yeah, I just find it easier to use and there's a great calendar section on it. And as I say, I'm not affiliated with it. I'm just passing on my recommendations. So moving forward a couple of times a week, I will check on Amazon Author Central online and check my book rankings there. It's really handy because it gives me the ranking history for all of my Kindle books, um, audiobooks as well and paperback books in the US and UK and other countries. So I can see if there's any sudden spikes when a book launches. I do religiously check Amazon in the first couple of days just to see how it's going. And it's the same with Goodreads. I do tend to stay away from Goodreads because it's so subjective and the reviews can be great or they can be not so great. And a really nasty review might, you know, spoil your day. And I don't like to be sitting in that negativity. So I kind of stay away, although I am so grateful for the good reviews when they do come in. But when a new book comes out, I do kind of wait till I get those first 10 really good reviews and then I can like breathe easy and relax. I mean, I've got tens of thousands of reviews for some of my books, so there's no way I could sit and read every single one. But I do find in the early days when the book first comes out, I am keen to see what readers think of it. And it's fine. You know, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. There's a lot of twists and turns in my books and some people don't like that. Or there's like chapters from the killer's perspective and sometimes people prefer the mystery of not knowing who they are. There's all sorts of reasons why a reader might not take to your book. And that's absolutely fine. You know, I'm never one to go on and rave about a bad review because you know what? Everyone gets them and everyone is entitled to their opinion. However, if there's a sudden trend in bad reviews all saying the same thing, then that's when I will take notice. Other than that, I listen to my editor. They know me better than anyone. They know my market and they know where I'm coming from, so I trust their judgment. 
Oh, and, and talking about sales wise, I mean, I'll talk about marketing and things like that in my future courses. But just to add, with mention of those TikTok, I, I don't know, would you call that viral? 100,000 views? Taking those into account, they didn't shift the needle. I mean, 100,000 views. I got tons of likes. I got new followers. But with regards to my book sales, I didn't notice any difference. I, I had some comments in from people saying they were going to buy. There was a TikTok I put on with them. Um, it was, I thought it was quite a nice story. It's very heartfelt of me uh, visiting this island in Cork as a child. If you go onto my TikTok, you'll see it. And then eventually moving forward and writing the book with the island in mind. And that got a lot of views very quickly. And I think it got a few sales. But honestly, I think with socials, it takes a very long time before you see a lot of difference with books. And the key is consistency. So that is consistently posting day after day after day, month after month after month. But with regards to my day before I get too carried away, what I'm doing at that point, that usually brings me up to 10 or 11 a.m. It's kind of now or never time. I think to myself, no, I have to get a workout in because I haven't done it by then. I'm not going to do it later on. So I like to get that done early. I have had sciatica for some time. As an author, we do spend a lot of time sitting down. I have had back problems on and off. I've got one of those standing tables I can move up and down. Uh, sometimes I'll dictate. I get uh, problems with my wrists and arms. I get RSI from typing. My fingers get really, really stiff. I have compression gloves I sometimes wear to bed. Oh, they're very, they're very sexy. <laughs> compression gloves. <laughs> Because it is something you do every single day, day in, day out, then yeah, it's going to, you know, if you don't rest it, but I am, I am getting better. I, I know that I tend to work too hard. I know I have an issue with it. I think it stems from my childhood, really, from my father always worked really, really hard, very long hours. And I kind of admired him for the hard work that he did because it was five of us in the family. You know, it wasn't cheap to look after us all. And he worked really, really hard. And I think that always stayed with me. And I always had it in my head that you have to work really hard to make money or to support your family, which is wrong. You don't. You just have to work smart. So I'm trying to work on my mindset. And mindset is something I will be talking about in next week's podcast. I want to talk about the law of attraction and how it works and how it worked for me and how you can improve your life. So that will be that episode. So don't forget to tune in because I know it'll help. But with regards to work, yes, I definitely work too hard, too long. But the most important thing about work is that you enjoy it. So to me, if I'm working until late at night, as you'll see, as I continue with this podcast, it doesn't feel like work if you really enjoy what you do. And that's why it's so important to find something that you love, because even if it's hard to begin with, once you get that, um, you can make a living from it. It is so worth it. And, and I absolutely love what I do to the point that I have to force myself to slow down and take a break and stop, if that makes sense. So going on to my problems, as I said, my back and everything, I, I have been good now. This last year, I've lost over two stones in weight. I've given up alcohol apart from perhaps if I'm overseas or on holidays, I might have a couple of drinks. But apart from that, I've given it up completely and I've lost loads of weight and I feel much fitter and healthier than ever before. 
and we have converted our we moved home and the first thing we did with the house move we converted the garage into a home gym because we said no we're going to really invest you know invest in our health now we're getting a little bit older now and it's really really important to do it now we can't put this off anymore we've always been pretty healthy with regards exercise but honestly for an author you have to invest in your health and please look after your back and look after your posture because we're all terrible at hunching over that keyboard sitting working on a train maybe you could be working on your laptop you can do it anywhere but the problem with that is that you're going to be sitting hunched over you're not sitting properly and you're not getting up enough you get engrossed in a story and that's it you're not getting up and down and you really have to look after your health because if you don't it'll come back on you later and I've seen so many people I know that happen to and they struggle then to carry on so Obviously, if writing is your life, then you want to have a long, long life doing it. So look after yourself. I do yoga five days a week and it has been such a game changer. And I'm so much more flexible now, too. I'll do at least an hour in our home gym five days a week. And that will be a mixture of cardio, sometimes on my Peloton bike, which I absolutely love, or going for a long walk or a run. And then I'll do weights and I'm trying to increase my time doing weights. And because as you get older, you definitely need that, especially for women. You really need to work on muscle. And actually, it's been proven that muscle can help your brain. If you develop your muscle and you're fit and healthy, that will help you your business and it will help your creativity. And it's brilliant for your mental health. I can manage an hour a day for all of that because it's such a gift to be able to go and do it. Now, so that brings me up to lunchtime. And after lunch, I'll finally get to my writing. And usually I have two books on the go. So I'm always, almost always editing one book while I'm writing another. And that's what I've been up to last week. Or I could be plotting a book and writing the one I'm already on. And it is hard working on two books at once. And it has taken me a long time to be able to do it. Because if you're writing properly, your characters should really take up a very special space in your mind. I, I always imagine them sitting down in there and all talking to each other. And I always find it funny when people ask me about plot lines of books that I've written five or seven years ago. You know, I can't even remember the character names, especially for the standalone books, let alone particular plot lines. And an odd time I'll get an email saying, oh, and, and this happened and don't turn around. What did you mean by that? And I'm like, well, uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and read it. And obviously I don't have time, but I word the email back nicer than that. But yeah, I, I don't remember once I let them go, they have to go. They're gone. And there's another space in my mind for a whole new set of characters that I become completely obsessed with. Unless it's a series, for example, like Amy Winter. And I love my Amy Winter series. She's my favorite of everything I've written. And she will always have a special place in my heart. It's like a breakup with friends. Once you finish a book, it's like you're gone. You're gone now. I don't have time for you anymore. <laughs> I need to talk to my new friends and get to know them. So they'll open up to me and tell me what happens next. With regards working on two books at the same time, I find it best if I break it up. So I get into a routine of working on one book in the morning and the other one in the evening. I'll edit as many chapters at a time as I can during that time and then reward myself and that's how I work because otherwise I get very bored and I get distracted I have a very short attention span I think many of us has now with uh, social media and everything it's really shortened our attention span so I'll edit so many chapters at a time and then reward myself with 
going on Canva and doing some social media graphics, which I absolutely love. I love creating. I love making graphics. I love working on Canva. It's great fun. And I'll create all my images there. But then again, I'll check my emails and my socials after I've edited a few chapters. And that's where I've been this week. So after lunch, I'll get back to work, plan my podcast. And I would love in an ideal world to have everything batch recorded. So that's like planning and creating, say, 10 podcasts at a time and then being way ahead of yourself. So if anything happened one particular week, you've already got the content made. That was the plan. But I've just been so busy. I haven't had time. So I'm literally recording, editing and uploading the same day. What you're listening to today, if it's the first day it's come out, I recorded that today. <laughs> It's not ideal. It really isn't. I hope that when I have time, I'll be able to do it. But the way I look at it is I do everything myself. I am such a perfectionist. I don't like delegating. I'm not comfortable with it because I find that by the time I explain what I want, it's quicker if I just do it myself. It's, again, not a good trait of mine. I have to learn to hand things over. But for now, I love learning as well. So I hadn't a clue how to record a podcast, as I'm sure you can tell. <laughs> how professional this is <laughs> but I thought no I'm gonna do it I'm gonna put myself out there what's the worst that can happen so let's just go and do it and sometimes that's how you learn is by actually getting in the trenches and doing it I taught myself how to record it and edit it and I've got all the software I needed and YouTube has been an absolute godsend I love learning so instead of watching tv of an evening you'll find me studying courses but I'm jumping ahead so I'm back at lunchtime now where I'll bring the dogs out before heading back to my work and I'll get my edit word count finished for the day and then I'll tick off everything on my to-do list such as guest blog posts and things like that or emails I haven't answered. I'm not the quickest to answer my emails. I'm terrible, but there's only so much I can do in the day. So I get to them when I can. And I'm so grateful for my edits. And I know it's easy to complain because everyone likes to complain at some point. But I just always remember when I was starting out as a writer and I felt very much on my own and I was getting rejections. And I remember reading a thread on Facebook where authors were all complaining about their editors in different forms. And I just thought, oh, what I'd give to just have an editor. They're so lucky to be in the position of being published and getting their work out there. And that's always stayed with me. And we're so fortunate to have the ability to do what we do. I can't imagine how much harder everything was a few years ago, pre-internet days, when manuscripts were typed out by hand. You couldn't press your back key to delete words or copy and paste. And there was no such thing as being able to research online. I love my relationship with my editors because I know that ultimately they want my books to do well too. In the evening, I finally will settle down to write and I'll move from my home office into the sitting room at this point. Now, sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes if it's um, in my head, I'll write in the morning and edit in the evening. It all depends on how I feel, but I do try and keep it consistent every day. I am a night owl. As much as I try to change it, I work better in the evening. It's probably unusual, really. I'm sure other authors work much more productively than me. But I will then move from my home office into my sitting room and my husband will be next to me. He'll be watching the television and I'll just sit there with my laptop and work. And thankfully, I can work in a noisy environment and it doesn't bother me in the least. So I'll usually write plot or work on my book for a few hours, maybe until eight or nine o'clock at night, depending on the deadline, sometimes later. And then I'll do some studying of whatever course I'm working on at the time. Now, that could be anything. 
from mindset to marketing to writing to business or learning about yoga or Buddhism, you know, anything that helps me and that helps make my life better because I love to learn. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't switch off until quite late, though. That I suppose that's not good. But I have my ways of winding down. And my guilty pleasure at the moment is Korean TV and Netflix. I love watching different cultures, how people behave, eat and drink. And so they're probably not true to life, but I just find them fascinating. But during the day as well, I always get in a bit of mindfulness. And I, even if it's just five minutes of meditation, I definitely will always find time for that. There's a lovely um, Buddhist podcast as well that I try to listen to or I can join in with an online meditation. But meditation, again, even if you can just do it for five, ten minutes every day is so good for your mental health, especially if you work long hours like I do. And even if you don't work long hours, just to meditate, even go for a walk somewhere quiet and like a walking meditation. It's just peace. Be at peace with the world for a little while. So that's really, really good, too. At the moment, I suppose I will get to sleep about 11 or 12 at night and then I'm up at 7 a.m. and it starts all over again. You know, if I'm not working on two books at a time, that is slowed down. And to be fair, if I want days off, I'll have some time off. Then that's the beauty of working for yourself. I'm not always this busy because at the moment I'm doing a lot because I'm planning and recording my writing courses, which is why I've been doing a lot of courses on business and learning how to use all the software and filming and all that sort of thing and editing as well. It's a lot of extra work and it's nerve wracking starting a new business. Um, so I am currently working from dawn until dusk. But as I said, I just love to do new things. So I'm not complaining. And once the course is up and running, I'll be able to take some time off. And I love to travel. And there's so many places that I want to see. And that is the joy of being an author. You can literally go anywhere, bring your laptop with you and you can work. You know, I've worked from a cruise ship looking out onto sea and just thinking, God, this is amazing. This is the life I want. And I hope to continue to be able to do that for a long time. I worked poolside on holiday. And next year we have a trip planned to the Far East. And I'm very excited because we'll be going to see Thailand, Vietnam, Singapore and Hong Kong. I love cruise ships because every morning you wake up and you look out your window and it's like, oh, where are we now? It's I love exploring. So as you can tell, it only enhances and enriches your writing. I suppose if there's anything you can take from this, what it's like being an author is to look after yourself. Because I openly admit I do tend to work probably too much. I put too much onto myself, but I don't get that stressed over it because I love what I do. So it's all about balance, isn't it? Just look after yourself. Do what you love. Don't put too much stress on yourself. Next week, I will be talking about mindfulness. As I said, I want to go into detail about the law of attraction. And that is something I will be talking in great detail about in my forthcoming course. I've put up the modules of my course now. I was initially going to call it how to plot a book in 14 days, but I just thought the more I researched what I wanted to talk about and teach, the more I realize there's going to be a lot of content here because I can't just cover this over 14 days. There's a lot, you know, plotting, your setting, your characters, your structure, but the whole ethos of writing, of how it feels to be a writer, what you can do to make your writing a success. There's just much more into it than that. So I thought, no, I've, I've opened it up. Uh, for longer than that. And it's going to be called Brave the Page, which is for people who've perhaps been putting it off or who want to get started or don't know where to start. And I really want to do a whole hand holding exercise here of guiding people in a very loving and kind way, step by step 
into their uh, manuscript to get it done. And I'm very excited about that. And I hope to share more with you soon. But you can currently sign up for the waiting list if you haven't already, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. But there are some spaces open. So pop over to my site carolinemitchell.co and have a look and you'll see the modules there and I hope you like them and there'll be loads of freebies and giveaways and loads of bonuses and there'll be a live Q&A with myself as well so I really hope it will be a fully interactive experience for anyone who wants to either get started with their writing or just refresh what they're currently doing. Thanks so much everyone for listening. If you know of anyone who would benefit from this I really, really appreciate you passing this on to them because I'm sure any encouragement is never wasted. Thanks again, guys. Have a great week and I'll speak to you all soon. Bye bye for now and happy writing.